Welcome to a brand new show on the Rediscover the 80s podcast. We are titling it Rank'em. You may remember an article series on the website by the same name uh, over the last couple of years. And as we resurrect the series, we will be releasing an accompanying podcast to go further in depth to our Rank'em lists. My first guest for this brand new show is uh, not a stranger to the Rediscover the 80s podcast and also the now defunct Recurrent Events podcast. He is Chad Young <laughs> from the HorrorMovieBarbecue.com blog and now podcast. How are you, Chad? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And I will never, ever let you forget that I was never on Rediscover the 80s podcast, ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. No. Uh, yeah, no, it's going good. Um just uh, finished up the uh, horror, mo- the very first horror movie barbecue podcast, and I believe you were a guest. Mm-hmm. I was. Uh, it was a very mm-hmm. fun show, and I invite everybody to go check it out because we talked about probably one of the movies that we're going to talk about tonight on the show, mm-hmm. the GI Joe movie from 1987. So yes, that was fun, and our buddy uh, Sean Robert from Brandon in the Eighties. Uh, hung out with us too, and it was just a blast, man. I, I love uh, breaking down old cartoons and all that stuff. It was great. Such a fun time, even if Sean was on the Rediscover the Eighties podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I did have another episode in the bank, and that I just never got to. That didn't I invite you I, on yeah. for that one? I, okay, you, so well, that's what yeah. happened. Yeah. Well, okay. and to be fair, I was on the first recurrent event uh, episode, so. I can't really complain. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> okay. Well, tonight on Rankum, we are talking about the movies of 1987, which are obviously celebrating their 30th anniversary. But before we get into our top five lists, we're going to give you a little bit of context, and let's go over the top ten movies at the box office really quick. At number ten, we had The Witches of Eastwick. Uh, number nine was Lethal Weapon, which I uh, just watched a couple weeks ago when mm-hmm. it uh, officially turned 30. I saw some posts and stuff online. I don't know. I'll watch it again. Uh, number eight was Stakeout. And I've probably seen Stakeout maybe once or twice. That was with uh, Richard yeah. Dreyfus. Stakeout. Don't remember that one? I do remember Stakeout, but honestly, I couldn't tell you a damn thing about it. <laughs> uh, at number seven, The Secret of My Success with Michael J. Fox. That's a great one, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, number six, The Untouchables. Mm. Uh, another great one. I love The Untouchables. That's a pretty number good movie. F- yeah. Number five was Moonstruck, which I don't believe I've ever seen. Cher and... Uh, Nick Cage. No. She won a bunch of awards for that one, too, I think. Uh, number oh, yeah. four, Good Morning Vietnam. Mm, and good movie. We've got, uh, the top three for 1987 was Beverly Hills Cop 2 at uh, $153 million. Number two was Fatal Attraction, which I've seen, I think, I hate that movie. I hate that and, movie. <laughs> yes, that was definitely... <laughs> Creepy, crazy. Put put your adjective yeah. in there. That she was, was kind of hot, though. I gotta say. <laughs> well, true, true. That was that was her hotter. <laughs> that was her hotter days than uh, you know when she started winning Fair. all these uh, Golden Globes and Oscars. Uh, yeah. Number one, Fair. number one movie of 1987. Believe it or oh not, my gosh. 167 million. Three men and a baby. Three men and a baby. Ted Danson. <laughs> Steve Gutenberg, <laughs> Tom Selleck. Uh, I think I've seen it probably once, and it was a long time ago. When it was probably a rental from Blockbuster. So, what, what's your feelings say, about the number one movie of 1987? <laughs> you you know, it's funny for us to kind of sit here and look back and say Three Men and a Baby. It was a big movie. It was popular. 
But then you look at everything else that was released in 87 and how big of, you know, mm-hmm. how, how many fond memories people have of those. And we're definitely going to go through a lot of them. But when you sent me the list of the top 100 movies, I was expecting, like, you know, Predator or, you know, something <laughs> like that to be number one. But now it's three men and a freaking baby. What? What? Uh, yeah. Oh, I, it was huge, I, 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 it, 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 but you know what? For the year 1987, considering how much diverse movies were coming out and how just the broad yeah. range of all these movies, it kind of makes sense, you know. So yeah. it, I'm, it, 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 it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. You, couple I can't give two craps about the movie though. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, it's it's mm-hmm. not one that I've. Uh, <laughs> Held dear to my heart by any means, but uh, yeah, there's a couple comedies in there. There's some action flicks, drama. I mean, yeah, yeah the top ten was all over the place. It's not like you know today where it's like superhero, 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 superhero. You know, as your top Pretty four. <laughs> but uh, anyway, well, let's get into the important stuff, which is our top five list. Yes, and uh, just for those of you who have not seen the articles on Rediscover the Eighties. Our ground rules for rank them is basically just our personal favorites. So this isn't a list of, well, you know, three men and a baby was number one, so I got to include that in my top five. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is just our personal favorites. You know, it could be mm-hmm. the, the, the movies we've seen the most, or we just, mm-hmm. for some reason, are pulling those out of our collections uh, at least, you know, once or twice yep. a year because we have to see it. So uh, that's just kind of the ground rules for our uh, our top five list. And, of course, we welcome everyone to uh, also comment when we get these show notes up and uh, over on our social media and stuff. You can go ahead and, and put your top five for 1987 because I love going back and forth and seeing some, you know, some oddballs that are in there, which I know there's going to be some oddballs <laughs> in there tonight. Yep, but uh, anyway, uh, we invite you to, to play along, so to speak. Um, as we announce these, but uh, let's, what we're going to do is we're going to go, we're going to count backwards. We'll give you a little suspense here. We're going to count backwards five to one, and then we're going to end with uh, some honorable mentions, some that were ugh, just so close to making that top five and uh, just didn't quite do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, And I'm sure we're going to have some crossover. We haven't looked at our list or anything ahead of time, oh, yeah. so this is going to be a surprise to both of us. So. I'm sure there'll be some carryover from on both lists, but um, I'm going to give you the opportunity oh, to go sure. first, sir. What was your number five movie from 1987? I hate all this pressure. Um, <laughs> by the way, nobody's going to be able to see it, but I'm playing around with a little rock and roll Alf doll because I like to have something in my hands while I'm. Oh, doing this, this will be up on YouTube, so hold it oh, high, my, my friend. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Nice. Okay. <laughs> was that for Burger King? It was, and I want to yeah. say it was either 87 or 88. So That's about the right area. Um, yeah. And we do the 86 uh, episode. I'll, I'll bring down my My Pet Monster, and I'll have him <laughs> sit in the tail. Nice. Um, so I got to be honest. Some of the movies I'm going to mention are probably not the most well-known movies, and, I mean, that shouldn't be a shock to you or some of the people that know me. I'm not gonna at start. All. No, not at all. I'm gonna start with a movie called Mary Lou Prom Night Two. Okay. Which was actually released in. Uh, yeah, I gotta be honest. I didn't look up the dates, but um, it was released in '87. It was a movie that I remember becoming obsessed with as a kid. My earliest memories were always with my father, and we were either going to fast food places or we were going to the video store. And one time, we just went to the video store, and they had the uh, Mary Lou poster. And if you've never seen it, it's one of the most fascinating-looking posters. It just captivates you because it's this beautiful woman in a locker, and the locker's on fire. <laughs> now, obviously, at age four, I'm not going to be able to see this. But so it kind of stuck with me until you know, eventually, you know, later on in life, I was able to see it, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is even better than I always wanted it to be." So. It's 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 one of those weird movies that has no ties to the original prom night, <laughs> other than the school, um, and it's just pretty but much a that giant. That poster is awesome. It isn't it? I mean, oh, I love. Uh, I I'm have, looking at it now. Yeah, I have it somewhere in here. I can't remember where it is, but 
I, I have it. But well, you know what? I take it back. I have a card. Someone did a uh, cardboard stand-up for me of uh-huh. uh, of a foam replica, and then one of my <laughs> rabbits got to it and started eating it. Um, <laughs> but it's it's such a good movie. It's entertaining. It it doesn't take itself seriously because it's too busy being uh, satirizing other horror movies of the day. I mean, it makes fun of or it's it. It it pulls inspirations from Nightmare on Elm Street, Carrie. Just it's so fun, and you know, I whenever someone asks me for a movie recommendation for like a Halloween, you know, marathon, or even just hey, you know, I'm gonna have a marathon this week, and I or I'm just gonna lay in bed. That's usually one of the first horror movies I suggest. Nice. Well, I will take your word for it because I have never seen it, and if, I am not the horror movie fan. I'm a scaredy cat right. for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a few along the way, but uh, the very first rated R movie I saw was Predator, and it just scared mm. the crap out of me because we played in the woods all the time, and I don't know. There was just some co- oh. correlation with uh, running through the jungle there and yeah. the invisible monster that is in the woods, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Great, yeah. So uh, I can totally say that. Well, this is the reason why I invited you on the show because because of movies <laughs> like this, you know? That would have never made my list, yeah. but I'm, there's probably a whole slew of people out there that can appreciate it at uh, your number five pick. I, I certainly hope, you know, <laughs> because honestly, when I started blogging and podcasting, one of my goals was I always wanted to get more eyes on this movie, and just I love this movie with all my heart. So I certainly hope, you know, if people out there, I think it's on YouTube. I don't know. And I say that in quotation marks. <laughs> but uh, definitely check it out if it is. Cool. Well, I have kind of an oddball pick at my number five. Uh, definitely not. I think it might have been in the top 100, uh, maybe even the top, like, I don't know, 30 or so. But um, And it was kind of a weird way that I latched on to this movie. But the movie I chose for number five is called Tin Men. And Tin Men is part of the uh, the Barry Levinson, I guess you would call it, trilogy that was, uh, I think all those were set kind of back in the 50s. And uh, Tin Men follows uh, Richard Dreyfuss and Danny DeVito, and they sell aluminum siding. And it's uh, it's set back in the 50s. And I how I got onto this movie was we recorded it, or it, it might have been accidentally recorded off of the USA Network. <laughs> and... And it's rated R, so I got the you know <laughs> the USA Network cut to uh, to enjoy all these years. So it was a little eye opening when I, the first time I watched it, and you know without the uh, all the additions. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it's just a it's just a fun movie. It's all about you know these guys that are selling aluminum siding, and then this crash happens at the beginning of the movie where Richard Dreyfus is backing out his caddy from the dealer. And he runs into Danny DeVito's caddy. And the whole movie is just them going back and forth trying to one-up each other. And uh, Barbara Hershey's in there. There's a whole bunch of really good just uh, supporting actors. Bruno Kirby. Ooh. And there's, there's, like a whole, there's like a whole gang on Danny DeVito's side and a whole gang on Richard Dreyfuss' side. And uh, the icing on the cake is the music by the Fine Young Cannonballs that uh, are they're featured Stop. at least... I think twice in the movie they have uh, they have songs. One is "Good Thing," which I love that song. But um, yeah, it just it's one of those movies that, that you know. That is a great song. When you are when you're recording stuff on TV, sometimes you just let the six or eight hour tape uh, record several movies back to back, and that was one of them. And I don't know, it was just fun <laughs> to me. It was funny, and uh, I don't know, they had a really good chemistry back and forth. So. Check that one out, Tin Men, if you haven't seen that. It's, I don't know, 4 or $5 DVD on Amazon, I think is what I got it for. So that's, not bad. That, that's my... Uh, yeah, number. I had never, never heard of it. Never heard of it? Okay. No, okay. I've never seen it. I just I'm glad Googled we're, it, and I'm, I'm looking at it now, and, you know, it, it's got a darn good cast. Yeah, yeah, it's got a great cast. So, uh, anyway, so that's my number five. Let's go on to number four. Um... So my number four is actually going to be uh, RoboCop, which I have uh, to yes. assume is probably on your list too. 
I think it's safe to say that it's going to be on anybody's list whenever you talk about all-time action movies. But, I, I mean, I saw it as a kid. I loved it as a kid. I shouldn't have seen it as a kid. <laughs> but, man, uh, it just the, – the idea of a, 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 just a cop and he's a robot and he's still a man and just it, it was so cool. And, you know, I, obviously I wasn't young. I, was too, I wasn't old enough to get all the, you know – the satire of the eighties and the things that it was, you know, put in the, um, the commentary that it was kind of putting out. But, um, I mean, I loved RoboCop. I think that Peter Weller was fantastic as RoboCop. I think the whole cast was just great. You know, I yeah. think everyone was fantastic in their roles. I did not look, I, I, I didn't like the, the, the two sequels we got. I didn't mind the, the, uh, remake. I hated the cartoon. I love the toys. The toys were fantastic. <laughs> did you have any of the RoboCop toys? I did not. I, you know, it's one of those movies that was rated R movies that was catered to kids, or at least morphed into yeah toys and the cartoon. I never remember watching the cartoon. I did. Be great. It was cool. fairly. It was fairly recent after the movie was released, maybe to video, that I saw it or. I, I can't really remember the first time I saw it, but I do remember being freaked out by the uh, the dude that gets run over at the end that falls into the or gets the uh, the toxic waste on him and he becomes all you know toxic. They run him over with the car and he splats off. Oh, that just oh, I hated that part. I could take all the violence and all that stuff. That that was just like yeah, uh -huh. but um. RoboCop was one of the first ones out on my list. So it did not make my top five, believe it or not. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm with you on the sequels. I did not uh, – I, I, I don't know. I've probably watched the sequels maybe once or twice. But definitely the original I've watched many, many, I, many more times. Now, here's my question. Do you have the uh, unrated cut of RoboCop, the uh, so-called X-rated version? I don't think so. I now I did watch it unless it was released um, the last time it was on like uh, Netflix or Amazon. I don't think it was the the unrated cut, but I don't know. I don't. I don't think I have. It, it, it's it's really it's more vi obviously violence than anything. The violence is what would have gotten it an X rating. Um. And honestly, if you want to hear really great commentary, um, there is, I think, the very first release. I have the Blu-ray of RoboCop. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember if it's on the Blu-ray, but the uh, director, Paul Verhoeven, he really he really is just... He, he also did Showgirls, I should point out. Oh, okay. And he also did Starship Troopers. Oh, and he has one, of, he, the he has one of the greatest... Oh, you saw which one? Starship Troopers? Yes. <laughs> oh, dear. My, my, my buddy came but down he, to visit me at college, and uh, that was the only thing remotely interesting that we <laughs> went to see. And that was very interesting. Oh, yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. But um, the, if you can ever find the, uh, the uncut, I know the Blu-ray version is uncut. It, it just it it, mm. it you can definitely tell why it got an X or they were going for gotcha. it at least. Gotcha. All right. Before I go on to my number four, what's your thoughts on the remake? I like the remake. I thought it was different. I thought it was. Uh, it, it, they were trying to make it something separate. They were trying to make their own RoboCop, and obviously Michael Keaton is my favorite actor, so. I will say it was fantastic to see him back being Michael Keaton because there are some parts in that movie where he is like manic Michael Keaton. He is like just yeah. classic Keaton, and I love it. it, it the, the remake is not memorable. I think that part of the charm of the first RoboCop was the fact that it was making fun of, you know, the 1980s culture. And I think that, you know, I think that's probably why the other movies failed you know, and yeah, I, I'd be down for another RoboCop. You know, I thought I thought it was enjoyable. You know, but it's not memorable. Yeah, I did see it in the theater. What's your thoughts? I saw it in the theater. I thought it was uh, pretty good for what it was worth. I'm not one to uh, 
to poo poo on it. Like some of the, you know, well, actually probably 80% of the fans of the original mm -hmm. are. So I'm kind of along your lines where I, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it for what it was worth. You know, they did try to use some of the elements of the original in there. Uh, I'd like Sam Jackson right. in it. And, you know, he's always, oh, he was great. Yeah. To me, it was always fun when uh, he's in a movie and, even just supporting roles like that. But mm -hmm. uh, he was good. And yeah, Keaton, mm -hmm. that was, uh, I don't know. I guess that was kind of his, you might call his comeback movie besides that. And well, the, what was it? The Birdman that uh, got nominated. Birdman, and yeah. Uh, yeah, he's coming up in uh, Spider-Man, right? He's uh, the vulture. Yep. He's going to be the vulture. Uh, so yep. yeah, Which, this is like, a I nice gotta be little, honest. I got to be honest. I, he's the only reason I want to see that Spider-Man movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of with you on that, man. I'm kind of with you on yeah. that. Anyway. Okay. Well, uh, uh, very good pick at number four there. Uh, my number four actually made the top 10. I went with secret of my success. Uh, huge really? Michael J. Fox fan. Yes. Uh, this is one I remember watching on cable, like constantly, even up, within the last few years when I'm at mm -hmm. work and I'm flipping through the channels at lunchtime and I see it's on, I'll leave it on. And I don't know. It just <laughs> seems like it was a staple on those cable channels throughout the nineties. And even up until today, they'll still uh, show it on mm -hmm. uh, like USA, all those AMC, TBS, all yeah. those, um, Seems to rotate around, but it was just a fun movie. It was kind of Michael J. Fox doing his thing. You know, he's, uh, it, mm -hmm. it's fun. He's trying to, you know, be the corporate guy. And then also, you know, I think he was what in the mail room, uh, working down there and, and trying to go back and forth. And, you know, they catch him in the elevator trying to change clothes and he's trying to play it down. And, uh, I don't know. It was just a, a fun movie. <laughs> And you know, eighty-seven. That's that's Michael J. Fox in his prime. You know, right after Back to the Future, Absolutely. and still, still through uh, Family Ties and, and all that. So he was he was on the on the pedestal of Hollywood there for those couple years. So I, I've oh, yeah. always enjoyed it. Have you seen it? Do you like the movie? Never seen it. Never, Never seen, seen it. it. Okay. I, I mean, okay. I, I do like Michael J. Fox, so I, I'm. I, it's. It would be something I would, you know, I would go out of my way to watch. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Number three. Number three. Okay. So this was a very tough one for me, um, because you know, 1987 was such a big year for horror movies, and I had to really like. I really wanted to include all my favorite horror movies, but the fact is couldn't but dream warriors nightmare on elm street part three which is considered by the majority of fans and even like cast and crew to be the best sequel this was of course the movie that um where freddie was you know was facing off with his um opponent nancy from the very first one after she didn't appear in that second one and a lot of people don't want to remember the second one but uh, um, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 had a lot going for it. It had a great theme song. It had a great cast, great writing. Wes Craven came back after he kind of, you know, didn't want to do the second one. And, I mean, it just it wrapped up that story of Nancy and Freddy so well. And, you know, uh, if, if you haven't seen it already, I mean, it's freaking 30 years old. I mean, Freddy <laughs> finally gets to kill Nancy, so that was... <laughs> it was uh it was it was a very it was just so well done and at that point slasher movies you know and and yeah. horror in general were just at a, a just this just plateau and i mean you know when when people talk about freddy they point to this movie cuz i know a lot of people didn't like how freddy became that goofy jokey you know kind of cereal box mascot you know that he <laughs> became but you know, he was doing that in this one as well. Yeah. And um, I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna say the full line, 
But um, you know, the the of course the famous line, you know, "Welcome to prime time," B word, uh, came from that. And um, I actually, I, I'll tell you, I got to meet Robert. I have the poster around here somewhere. I got to meet Robert England, who plays Freddy, years ago. And I and I have this giant poster signed by as many cast members as I can get. And I said, I want you to put your favorite Freddy quote of the entire series, and and that's the quote he picked. So, I mean, you know, that, that really sums up Freddy as a whole, you know, and uh, I, just a fantastic movie. Just I, There's no way I couldn't include this one. Cool. Yeah, like I said, I'm not the horror fan, so I have seen the first one. It's been a long time, right. but I have not seen any of the sequels. So now, now It's got a I cool poster, he, let me tell you. That's a cool poster. It, it does. <laughs> I love Just the poster. Absolutely. Now, you know the Dawkins song, right? Dream Warriors. Yes, I have heard that. And the, Great uh, song. Fat, and the Fat Boy song. And the uh, DJ Are Jessica you ready song. for Freddy? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Actually, if I recall, the DJ Jazzy Jeff Fresh Prince is not an official yeah, it's true. Ver, uh, song on the... Yeah. Right. I think the Fat Boys. But no, that's still. Actually, I, I, I. Fat Boys actually used Robert England. And yeah, DJ yes, Jazzy Jeff, that did. was not him. So. No. You know what's <laughs> funny? I have to include this because I think around this time, I have an album somewhere. I'm not going to start digging for it. I have a Freddy's Greatest Hits. And what it is, it's it's Robert England and this like nameless group called the Elm Street Group of just like pop singers, <laughs> and they like cover old songs and they have original songs about Freddie, and it's me. so corny and cheesy that I love it so much that I have <laughs> it on my iPod and I play it at work. And people, <laughs> if it, for those who don't know me, I'm not going to tell you what store I work at. But I actually play this in front of customers. So, like, people have come up and just, you know, oh, is it Halloween? And I'm like, no, I just, <laughs> I, I, I'm in a Freddy Krueger. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. I know you're a fan. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks. My number three. Let's go on. Keep moving on our list here. My number three, I won't say it was the main inspiration why I wanted to become a DJ. But uh, it's it's a movie that I really liked, and I guess maybe played a little part in uh, me going up to college, wanting to get into radio broadcasting. And that, of course, is Good Morning Vietnam. I I don't know. I, it's just one of my favorite roles by Robin Williams, and uh, he's done you know so many awesome roles. But I, I don't know. I just liked his crassness mm -hmm. and. Obviously, he's you know the soundtrack to that is just great. Uh, a lot of that rock and roll from the late '60s, early '70s, and I don't know. I just I, I like the character. I like how he just pissed off people, you know. <laughs> and he didn't he didn't <laughs> care what came out through the the radio waves, you know. And uh, uh, who is it? The uh, his boss in there, the actor that. Uh, uh, he's passed away now. Um, is that Arliss? Uh, no, 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 no. Um, no. Oh, it's going to kill me. But, um, yeah, he was in it. He he was one of the other DJs in the movie. He had a That's very right. funny he's, laugh. That's right. Um, well, this is actually, I didn't, I guess didn't realize it. It's another uh, Barry Levinson movie. So um, I guess that has oh. <laughs> some, uh, some precedence into why I enjoy it so much. But um, was it Forrest Whitaker? No, Forrest oh, Whitaker wasn't no, his boss, was no, it? No, it's um, no, no, no. I'm gonna find it. JT Walsh. JT Walsh, Walsh is the he's the sergeant major there, and he is the yeah. one that just keeps keep tries to keep him in check, and he just can't do it. It's oh, and Bruno Kirby's in that one too. I, I guess I'm a Bruno Kirby fan too. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it's yeah, who isn't? It's uh, it's probably my favorite Robin Williams movie, and uh. Yeah, it's it again. It's just one of those things that, man, he's he's having so much fun on the air, and you know, became almost a little celebrity, uh, you know, to the troops mm -hmm. at the very end of the movie. Probably my favorite scene is 
when they're they're rolling out and he has to kind of hitch a ride with some soldiers and they're headed off into battle mm-hmm. and uh the uh one of his i think it was forrest whitaker's like you don't know who i have here this is you know adrian cronow or the the dj and he goes he starts doing his whole bit <laughs> and says good morning vietnam and <laughs> all the all the troops are loving it you know and and uh, I don't know, it's just kind of one of those like surreal moments where they get one kind of laugh before they're headed off into the jungle. And I think yeah. he he kind of notices that too, you know, his character and, and everything. So anyway, one of my one of my favorites. Uh probably my, my ultimate favorite from Robin Williams. So You know what? I think uh-huh. that I, and I, I I'm just gonna ba- I'm gonna back you up on that. I actually I think I saw this in like 90, 91, because my mom, we somehow got a copy of it on VHS. And I know for a fact, my mom was not a big like collector of VHS, mm-hmm. but we had it. I think a friend like gave it to her or something, but I remember watching it and I was like, Oh man, he's making everyone feel good. And you know, he's, I, I didn't obviously, again, I, I didn't understand the Vietnam stuff. So yeah. I didn't really understand how serious it was. All I kind of understood was Robin Williams is making people feel good. And I've yeah. always wondered, like, how much of that character was actually based on Robin himself, you know? Because I, I, yeah. I have to imagine a lot of him is in that role. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was. that seemed to be a that. big theme in his career. Right. And, of course, he, you know, all those one-liners were probably just ad-libs and I just can't imagine making a movie with him and <laughs> just let him in. Here's a record. It's kind of, it's kind of like Jim Carrey uh, later on, you know, in the nineties, yep. I think it's, um, I'm trying to remember which movie it was. One of the outtake reels is him just in a kitchen and he's coming up with all kinds of things with just kind of what's around him, you know? And I, I think Robin Williams was probably, the first person that was like that. We just, mm-hmm. Hey, just throw them into this little room with records and see what craziness comes out. Uh, I don't know. It, oh, I it was very fun movie. <laughs> so now we're up to number two, Chad. Number two. Okay. So this was also another hard one for me to do. And I got to be honest, it takes a lot. when it comes to a horror movie, it, it ta- it's going to take a lot to edge out a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Mm-hmm. But darn it, Lost Boys did it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was on your list. Um, it, it, it absolutely is. Uh, now, you, I, I take it you've seen that one, haven't you? I have seen it. It is, I don't know. I never made a, a strong connection with uh, a lot of people I know that have. So it, right. it really didn't have a chance to make my top five just because I. Oh, it, no, that's fair. It, I haven't seen it a lot, but yeah. Oh no, I I, I can appreciate it and its soundtrack. <sighs> oh, trust me, we'll we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about the soundtrack in a second. <laughs> Believe me. Um, I gotta say, Lost Boys is just that ultimate comic book vampire horror, you know, comedy mix. I mean, it it just it's so perfect in every way. The colors, I mean. And this is a Joel Schumacher movie. If anyone wants to remember, you know, the guy that gave us Batman and Robin was also responsible for Lost Boys. <laughs> it's such a colorful, colorful movie. I mean, it's in oh, it's set on the beach. Uh, I mean, who 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 doesn't want to be down on the on the boardwalk? On, uh, I know they call it Santa Clara, or Santa Carla, but I mean, it's very clearly Santa Cruz. But. <laughs> that one scene where they're having that concert on the beach and everyone's just all in. And I mean, it just Kiefer Sutherland is the vampire. It, it's, yeah. it's my favorite horror movie of all time. And, um, true story. I know, I, I think you know about this. I don't know if I should go around bragging about this. Um, Kiefer was actually doing a play in New York with, uh, Jason Patrick, who was also in this movie. And, Jim Gaffigan and I think Brian Cox and me and a couple friends actually drove up from, uh, I stayed at their house the night before they, they're in Pennsylvania, but I drove up from Maryland to Manhattan so I could try and get Kiefer Sutherland on an eight by 10 of lost boys in back in 2011. I got him. I got oh. him to sign it. I got a great photo. 
Yeah, he was I a bet. nice guy. He shook my hand, patted me on the back, and told me thank you. So I, I cool. that should tell you how much I love this movie. <laughs> it's just so great, and this and like you said, the soundtrack. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean Tim Capello, who was the uh, saxophonist on um, Tina Turner's. Um, yeah, we don't need another hero. Guy. Yeah, he's the sax guy, which is also just a yeah. What a great, very song, ripped Jeez. sax guy. Probably the most ripped sax guy there Jeez. ever has walked the face of the earth. <laughs> he owned a, he, I, I don't know if that guy owned a shirt, man. <laughs> let me tell you, he does convention appearances now, and dude is just as buff at age, like, I think, 60. He oh, is wow. as buff, and he still wears the chains. He still has uh, a tank top. I mean, he, he, no, oh. I, I'll, I'll send you a picture. He's, he's nuts. Um, you know, and then you have oh, Lou Graham did of uh, Foreigner also did um, Lost in the Shadows. He also did a music video that had uh, uh, Kiefer reprise his role. And I'll actually, I got another story I got to tell you, and I'll I'll, I'll let you go, <laughs> or I'll we'll, we can move on, I guess. Okay. I actually, um, Lou Graham is from Rochester, New York, and he was doing a book signing for his biography. And they opened the floor, and I went to the signing. They opened the floor for questions, and I I had to ask. I said, you know, I think that your contribution to the Lost Boys album was fantastic. He was, you know, and I asked him, like, you know, can he share a story about working on it? And he was so tickled that someone brought it up, like a big smile on his face nice. disappeared. And, you know, he's, he, you know, I, I, I was just so happy to know that, you know, this wasn't going to be a, oh, yeah, you know, I did that. But he was just so excited to talk about it. So, I mean, that should tell you just how, yeah, you know, how much Oh yeah, and that movie means to me. Um, I'm sure it's... And he, and, I was going to say, I'm sure it's just, it adds to the the level of uh, fandom when you get the people that actually did the movie actually contributed to the movie and they had such a great time and are happy to talk about it. I, you know, that's great. That's really great. Oh yeah. And I, and let me just say this because I don't want people thinking that I saw it like when I was a kid, I actually didn't, I, I, the first time I saw it, I hated it. And I just thought it was kind of like obnoxious. I did not sit down and watch the full movie until about 2008. Okay. So there are so many other movies that uh, horror movies that I have seen my whole life that I love, but this one just stands out just because it is so unique and it just tells such a great story about vampires and family. And Ed Herman is fantastic. Well, as always, and you know, of course, I duh. It's Feldman Friday, so yeah. I got to mention the Frog <laughs> Brothers and I, the cast is phenomenal. Yeah. The cast of is course. just phenomenal. You can't go wrong with this movie, people. If you haven't watched it in some time, I, I highly suggest uh, picking it up and watching it. Yeah, and I've heard <laughs> they're doing uh, they're doing a TV series pseudo based on it coming up uh, maybe next year. Or maybe the end of this year, maybe in the fall. I, so. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, and there's a comic book going on. If I you know, recall, it's still alive. Oh yeah, and I know um, I'm going to make a cheap plug for my buddy. Uh, my buddy Nathan uh, is the uh, promoter, uh, or he, I'm sorry, he's the co-editor and uh, I think the co-promoter of Horror Hound, and they're working on a. Uh, a uh, Lost Boy uh, 30th celebration. They've already got Tim Capello. They've got Billy Worth. You know, sadly, Brooke McCarter is no longer with us, but it, it's going to be a good time. Cool. Horrorhoundweekend.com. Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. That's fine. That's fine. All right. Number two. <laughs> number two for me. Oh, man. Gosh, I love this movie. And again, this is another one you got to break it out once a year. And it might be the only one set or associated with Thanksgiving that it's just a must-watch. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, my gosh. I just I, – I need to do a, a show just on John Candy and, and my uh, pure love for yeah. John Candy and his movies. But um, uh, th- there's just so – you know, again, for the sake of time <laughs> – I could go through a lot of different, you know, parts of the movie. just classic, um, you know, Steve Martin at the airport, um, oh my gosh. the the whole car down the highway, 
I, I mean, oh gosh. And I still laugh. It's one of those movies where, you know, after you've watched it 50 times, if you can still laugh, it, it's special, you know, and mm -hmm. every year, man, it, it still gets me laughing in some form or fashion. Sometimes yeah. it's a, it's a part that just, you wouldn't think is funny, but you know, somehow hits you and the one liners. I mean, uh, where's your other hand between two pillows? Those aren't pillows. Oh, how about those bears? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hell of a game. Hell of a game. Uh, I mean, there's just, there's just, I, again, I could go on a whole podcast about it, but uh, what's your thoughts on playing strange and automobiles? A, I didn't, I, you know, honestly, I, I did not re I'm embarrassed because I did not realize it came out in 87. If I knew that, I probably would have knocked off Mary Lou and put this in <laughs> instead. Um, this is, to me, a perfect comedy. This is to I, I... There's nothing in this movie that I don't like. Like, even yeah. the beginning, you know, the little the battle between Steve Martin and Kevin Bacon, it, <laughs> it, it just starts the movie off right. I mean, it's just... This, and like you said, the scene at the car rental place with uh, Edie um, McClure. Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and it makes you cry. It makes you cry. It, it makes does. you laugh, and it makes you cry. I yeah. I've never met anyone who's watched that movie all the way through. Yeah. And once, like Steve Martin, kind of goes back and you know sees Dell, and he's just like, you know, yeah. where's your wife? And you just, you, you it kind of hits you because it hits oh, you yeah. like it hits him, and you're just like. Oh. Yeah, gosh, it's 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 yeah. truly a, for lack of a better word, it's truly a roller coaster ride through absolutely the whole movie, and you're you're very up, you're very down, you know, you get back up again, and then at the end it just kills you. So, oh. yeah, it's such a great movie. I love it. Solid. Okay, Solid. so so here we are, the number yes. one. What did you put at the top of your list? Hmm. I'm going to get a lot of hate mail for this, but I don't care. And I've never cared before. Again, this is your, this is your um, list. So you got to own it, man. This is you my list. I, Oh, I own it because even when this movie was not the cool thing, when it wasn't the cool, you know, in, you know, kids weren't into it as much. And I'm alluding to it a little too much. I'm just going to say it. It's masters of the universe. <laughs> it's masters of the, it's the Masters yeah. of the Universe movie. I almost cursed, and uh, I got I got to tell you, I got you know I'm gonna and I I'm gonna tell you a story, and I apologize in advance. Um, it was 1987. It was my birthday. My father surprised me by taking me to the theater to go see it. Oh, nice! And I cannot tell you. Like, I didn't understand, you know, where we were going. I remember it bright as day. I mean, it was my fourth birthday. I can remember bright as day being in that theater, you wow. know, uh, just being so excited. I can remember the, there were, like, other adults. Like, <laughs> this is one of those memories that I have held on to since 87. And a lot of it, you know, not to get personal, but a lot of it does have to do with my dad passing later. But I can remember the other adults in the theater just kind of being like, a kid in here great but i mean it's it's not of to those who say it's not a perfect t-man movie i'll give them that i'll let them have it as long as they realize to me the fact that we even got a he-man movie is yeah amazing like this was a it, within a year we got a transformers a he-man and a gi joe movie yeah I mean, now that's really expected, but in nineteen in the mid eighties, to get one of those movies would have been a miracle. Yeah, um, oh, and live action Dolph Lundgren, too, man. Of course, played him in. It was live action. I mean, jeez, yeah. oh my gosh! Of all the movies <laughs> that should have been live action, I would have probably said, oh yeah, you know, maybe a GI Joe movie, you know, but. Uh, you know, but Dolph Lundgren played He-Man. I mean, admittedly, he wasn't – and he's even admitted, you know, look, I wasn't probably the best person for He-Man. Um, he looked great as He-Man. Um, you know, he was – He was definitely cut. Jacked. I, I, he was cut. He, he looks – I think, you know, the, the comment was he's a little small and he can't speak English, which is fine, whatever. And they, they took care of that in dubbing, I think. Um <laughs> 
Frank Langella was fantastic as Skeletor. He was a different Skeletor. And he's even acknowledged that, you know, he took this role because his children loved He-Man. And he said that it would be a challenge. And I think that he even said that it's his favorite role. I could be wrong. Please don't quote me on that. Um, <laughs> Meg Foster as Evil Lynn. She was great. The whole cast, I mean, it's just so outrageous this movie even got made. but And it was a canon movie. I love canon. So, I mean, this movie means a lot. <laughs> and if, you've, if, if, if you have the, uh, the DVD and Blu-ray, the director, Gary Goddard, uh, provides a pretty entertaining, uh, you know, commentary. And uh, I've, I, I loved this movie in 87. I loved it in 92. I loved it when I bought the VHS in, uh, you know, in 2000. I, you know, I, I have, there's somewhere, I have a bunch of old homemade VHS. I recorded it and it was like in either 95 or 96. And I was so excited because I always wanted the VHS, but I've always loved this movie and I've always gravitated towards it. You know? Um, yeah. It's, it's just, it's really enjoyable movie. And I'm sure, I, I, but I, I want to hear your thoughts on it. I want to hear okay. your take. I remember seeing this in the theater. Uh, I was huge into mm -hmm. He-Man and I can remember watching in the theater. I'm sure at the time I thought it was like the greatest thing ever put the film. Uh, I watched it last mm -hmm. year and I made it through it. I, mm -hmm. it was a struggle a little bit at times, but uh, Courtney Cox was there to pull me through. And, uh, and, principal, <laughs> and uh, principal Strickland, he, he helped me get through it as well. Uh, listen, he was great. In that. He was great in that. Um, he was playing Strickland, except he was a cop. Yeah, with a shotgun. He was playing cop Strickland. Yeah, it was like the Strickland that was in. With the, a shotgun. It was the Strickland that was in the skewed 1985, in Biff's 1985. <laughs> That's who he played yes. in this movie. Yes. So uh, anyway, uh, you know, it was it was different because they had some different characters. Of course, they did Beast Man and they did uh, Tila Man in Arms and Evil Lynn. <laughs> But it was still, mm -hmm. it was still cool. The the scene where they're, they make it to Earth and they have that like, <laughs> it was like uh, Skeletor's parade, you know, down Main Street. Yes, uh, I, I always thought that was a cool scene. But right. you know, I can see it now. It's for some people, or maybe even most people, it's a little yeah. rough to get through. Oh, it's definitely and, most people. It's and the Skeletor, you know, I bought into it. As a kid, not so much now, but uh, it's it's such a hard, you know, hard thing to pull off with makeup and all of that, and I understand that. But I don't know. It was still pretty good, and uh, I know at the time I was in love with it. So, can I? Do you mind if I touch on two more things before we like move Go on? It. Go I, for I, it. I hope you don't mind. No. So the I. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I completely understand and I respect your take on it. And I'm not going to tell uh -huh. you you're wrong because I know that this movie <laughs> divides people and I, I, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, but I will say this. Um, I, I, I think that because you, you talked about beast man, I love the characters that were introduced. I especially love Gwildor. I have my Gwildor from when I was a child. I think, <laughs> um, beast man was more, um, um, Grizzlor from the Horde. Okay, I feel like he was more Grizzlor than Beastman. I, I, but I, again, I totally see everyone's perspective on it. There's, there's so many different ways. Um, but to me, ignorance is bliss. So uh, I, mm. I always, I, I always see through those flaws. Um, the one thing that I think so many people will always remember about this movie is, of course, the end credits, and. Um, Oh, this is, by the way, where you were going to insert uh, the sound clip of Skeletor popping up. Um, <laughs> no. Um, but where he pops up and he says, I'll be back. And guess what? We were going to get a second He-Man movie. And yeah. I can tell you this because I found fragments of the script. There are fragments out there. And there's there was even a... Um, someone said that it was a work copy, but there, it's never been verified. But the, the fragments of the actual script were, if you hated Masters of the Universe, you were going to hate the sequel. Because they were going to take He-Man back to Earth. Skeletor was going to be kind of 
like a Vince McMahon character where he was going to be like a uh, evil like millionaire. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> He-Man was going to go undercover into high school and he was going to be on the football team and the football team was actually going to take him to a disco. <laughs> so as, as, as many complaints as they, as people have, and again, I respect their complaints. Man, they would have they would have just blowtorched this one. It was just oh. <laughs> uh. Now I do remember reading, or maybe I did watch the Canon uh, documentary. Um, Fantastic! Wasn't, didn't that didn't that movie become was it Cyborg? Cyborg? Okay. Yeah. They were doing they were planning number two, but then they decided to do Cyborg instead, or something. It certainly was. It certainly would have been a number two at that. Um, <laughs> so we will we'll, we'll 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 have to do a discussion on Cyborg someday because honestly, legit, as much as I love canon, I've never really seen it. I've seen bits yeah. and pieces, but I've never seen the full movie. I don't um, think but I've seen it either. To the, it's funny because in the '90s and even 2000s. If you ever looked in the um, like the TV guide, or did your did your um, newspaper ever come with like a weekly kind of local TV guide kind of thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. So if you ever notice, whenever Cyborg, sometimes when Cyborg would be listed, it would be listed as Masters of the Universe to the Cyborg. So really, you know, yeah, yeah. I re I remember that distinctly because I remember I remember <laughs> seeing those. And before the internet, I was always like, well, huh? that doesn't make sense. But, uh, yeah, they would list it <laughs> even on the TV Guide channel, too. I remember flipping through the TV Guide and seeing Mask and hoping it was Matt Tracker and turned out to be Cher. <laughs> you know, that's what kind of oh, irritated me <laughs> with the TV Guide. But, uh, yeah. anyway, uh, I I can see and can respect your number one choice. Well, thank you. Because, uh, I do remember being very fond of it as a kid. So, okay, number one for me. Gosh, uh, John Candy. Here we go. My favorite Mel Brooks movie. Uh, I chose Spaceballs as my number one movie of 1987. Uh, I could talk again. I could talk for hours and hours and hours on Spaceballs and not get weary. Um, oh, I just love everything about it, and I, it's not one that I remember seeing right away. I, I think I probably saw it, you know, on a rental sometime in the early '90s when I was in middle or high school. But, oh, gosh, just in being a Star Wars fan and getting all the little references, I wasn't huge into Star Trek, but, you know, I don't know. All those fun little references now that are in that movie, oh, gosh, it just, it was great. It was great. Can't say enough about it. I've probably seen it at least 50 times. So what's your take on Spaceballs? My take on Spaceballs is it's just so funny. It's just so good. It's so well done, and I think that it delivers on every level. I don't have a bad word to say about it. Can't, won't. I, 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 I'm, I'm with you. I think that's a great choice. Thanks. Um, the, apparently, there was a soundtrack released, and I don't know if it was like a reissue or uh, something. It was released to CD, I think, sometime in the 90s. I would love to find a copy of it, but... I can kind of splice together, you know, the songs in my head, the, yeah. the Bon Jovi song that gets YouTube? played, raise your hands, you know, when he's, he's dancing, when <laughs> Barf is dancing, <laughs> always when I'm eating, uh, gosh, comb the desert, you know, uh, Oh my gosh, what a great, probably the, my favorite uh, line. <laughs> the, uh, where he gets the, uh, Instant cassette of uh, Spaceballs, and they rewind fast. Oh this gosh. is now. This is no. This is not now. This is now. Now, love that scene. Um, oh <laughs> uh, they put Jonesy in there from the uh, Police Academy movies. You know the bleeps, the sweeps, and the creeps. oh my gosh. Um, I mean, there's just so many just funny little 
moments like that. And uh, <laughs> no, sir, I did yogurt. not see you playing with your dolls. Yes, and of course, yogurt. You know, uh, oh my gosh. merchandising, merchandising, spaceballs, the flamethrower. You know, gosh. Anyway, adorable. <laughs> I could uh, again. I could quote. I'm probably the worst person to watch that movie. It's it's kind of like uh, Christmas Vacation. If you watch it with me. You're probably going to hear me more than you are in the movie. So, uh, anyway, well, let's go. Uh, that's going to wrap up our top fives. Let's go into a few honorable mentions that didn't quite make it on your list. Some of my honorable mentions are uh, there was <laughs> there was a movie called The Video Dead, and it is one of the most cheap, cheap, cheap movies you will ever see. Um, for those who don't, who've never seen it, it's about a gigantic swarm of zombies that come out of a TV. And, uh, <laughs> that's all I'm going to leave you with. Okay. It was probably made on like $5. But, um, <laughs> I'm going to say this. There's another horror movie. Well, if you want to say horror movie, something that has certainly made me, uh, that has kind of put my blog out there was, Finding the star of Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, which celebrated its 30th anniversary. Um, the star, Eric Freeman, went um, off the grid, and I was able to be the one that um, to get in touch and put him out there. Cool. And um, certainly that movie helped, you know, me. And so it means a lot to me. And, of course, I, I wanted to mention G.I. Joe, but you and I kind of went more into detail, and I'm going to just – Say if if you want to hear my thoughts in, on GI Joe, um, you can listen to that podcast. I don't know if you wanted to, you know, kind of go into a little on your feelings, but I had to mention one of my favorite comedies of all time, and it's a top ten comedy, something I can watch and just still get a chuckle out of, and it's Summer School, starring mm. Mark Harmon. Yes, I saw Great that cast. Uh, I mean, how can you not love Tom Dave? <laughs> Well, t from the uh, that top like 100 list that I sent you, and a little bit on Wikipedia, mm -hmm. I narrowed it down to like 20, and then I narrowed it down to 12, and then from those yeah. 12, I made five. So w within those numbers yeah. six to 12, I've got Masters of the Universe, I've got GI Joe, I've got RoboCop. Uh, some of the other ones we haven't mentioned mm -hmm. yet. Got to mention The Princess Bride. I love that one. Okay, yeah. Mainly for Andre, but uh, it's it's not one that's really in my wheelhouse, but I will I sit down and watch with my wife once in a while. Mm -hmm. um, I do enjoy The Untouchables. I thought that was a great movie. Big fan of that one. That's and uh, I have to mention Bond. Uh, Timothy Dalton wasn't my favorite Bond. But the Living Daylights did come out in '87, okay. and uh, it's probably my favorite of his two movies. And the last one I'm going to mention is one of that just didn't make it on the list. I remember watching <laughs> in the theater, and I will still watch it on occasion. It's probably what you would call a guilty pleasure, and that is Over the Top with Sylvester Stallone. It's it's a guilty pleasure. The arm wrestling, <laughs> the you know the kid, the kid um, David Mendenhall, he was actually in a lot of TV commercials. He he voiced uh, several characters. He was um, he was in Transformers the movie. He was um, I'm trying to think who else, one of their movies and uh, cartoons. Uh, he was the the kid. That's that uh, hangs out with Hot Rod. Yes. Uh, no. No. Spike Daniel. is the dad. Daniel. Right? Yes. Spike. Yes. He's Spike dead. is his dad. Yeah. 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 Right. So I that movie, like I said, guilty pleasure. I can watch it today, uh, and I remember seeing <laughs> it in the theater and uh, be pretty uh, mm -hmm. blown away by it. But um, a couple more, I'm just going to throw out there. I just bought the uh, Ernest Goes to Camp. Uh, a trilogy on oh DVD. God. Yes. I remember watching Ernest Goes to Camp in the theater, and uh, I plan on sharing mm -hmm. all three of those movies with my boys here very soon. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if they'll watch them with me or not. Uh, 
Of course, we mentioned Predator <laughs> just Jeez. Predator just a little bit, but uh, go ahead. I was gonna say something about Ernest. I was gonna say I can see them watching it with you and seeing you laughing, and then just being like, "Whatever, man. Whatever, Dad." <laughs> they, they have seen and enjoy Ernest Saves Christmas, so I'm I'm using that as the premise leading really? into this one. Yes, I still break that one out. Okay, at Christmas. Uh, okay, so just a few more Predator. Um, yeah, I, I will watch it now. That one scared the crap out of me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a couple friends that right. are in love with Raising Arizona. Had to mention that one. That's an awesome comedy. Yeah, never saw that uh, one. Never seen it? Okay. Right. Nick Cage. Um, yeah. And then uh, I wouldn't say it's a guilty pleasure, but I remember watching it a lot on cable, and that was Mannequin. <laughs> with Andrew McCarthy, uh, and I was see I'm a I'm a huge. Oh, there you go, there you go. Look at that, he's got the poster. This is Lori's because it's one. Of, it's one of her favorite movies of all time, and we <laughs> found this at a flea market. Oh, nice. And we wouldn't nice. she we we couldn't leave without it. Nice. I nice. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna let you say your piece because I, I don't want to say anything bad about it, and I don't want to seem like well, that guy. But that is one of Lori's <laughs> favorite movies, and I can certainly respect that. Well, like I said, it's not one that I've <laughs> probably watched in the last I don't know ten years, but I do remember it being right. a staple, like on the USA Network and all that stuff. And I always thought it was fascinating. Oh yeah. HBO too. Uh, we'll put it that way. Can I can right, I just say right, this? Right. Let me sure. let me say this real quick. I got sent the blue. I got um, a press release one day that uh, the company um, Olive Films was putting it on Blu-ray. Uh-huh. I texted Lori because she was at work. My fiance Lori, and I said, "Oh yeah, you know I'm going to be getting um, Mannequin on Blu-ray," and all I get is just all these like happy faces. <laughs> so she ended up reviewing it for me because she loves that movie and I, I, I just I cannot crap on her fun because she just gets so uh, geeky about it. That's great. <laughs> uh, and then the last one I'm going to mention, yeah. mainly a, a tribute to our friend, mutual friend there, Sean Robert, is The Monster Squad, which I did not see yes. until actually last year. It was the first time I remember sitting down and watching really? that all the way through. Yeah. Wow. So it was on sure. Netflix, I believe. Um, they put it out there for a couple months. Yes. Yes. That was the first time I watched it. That's... And uh, I can see why he's obsessed with it. We'll just put it that way. I can. I won't uh, won't okay. him for that. Wait a minute. Ta- we we got to say obsessed is not the word. Um, <laughs> if there's a word that makes obsessed seem very small, then that would be the word we could use. Um, I gotta be honest, I didn't see Monster Squad until a couple years ago, and, um, I've been wanting to revisit it since, because I don't, I don't think I understood, I, I take it back, let me take that back, I understand why people are into it, I didn't see it until later, so I think that kinda, yeah, it always, kinda did me in, you know, I, I love the fact that Sean is fanatical about this. Uh, I love that it has such a cult following, and I, as much as it's not a movie that, again, I do want to revisit it. But as much as it's not my favorite movie, I I love the fan base around it. It's like horrors Goonies, kind of, in a way. Very good. Yeah, I like that. So okay, well, uh, if you don't have anything more to add as far as um, honorable mentions or anything, I think that's going to do it, man. No, no, I'm nothing. Okay. Go see Mary Lou Prom Night too. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay, well, we're going to uh, go ahead and end the show. Again, I uh, appreciate Chad of the HorrorMovieBBQ.com blog and now podcast. Go listen to that first podcast on G.I. Joe the movie. It was really fun to do, trust me. But uh, we appreciate you coming on with us, Chad, being the very first guest for our new Rankum show. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you uh, having me on, and it's an honor to be the first guest. And uh, certainly hope it's not the last time. 
Oh, it definitely won't be. We uh, are planning. I'm, I, I think the next one is going to be me and my buddy Wyatt. We're going to go through some TV shows, maybe cartoons, depending on how many uh, came out in 87. We, we, I've still got to do the research on that. But we're going to do some uh, albums. Um, I don't know how far we're going to go. We're going to go into like maybe uh, toy releases or anything like that. But um Ooh. I'm I'm scheming. I'm scheming. Let's put it that way. Like so that. we're gonna try to get through <laughs> kind of the all the 1987 stuff uh, this year, and uh, and you know maybe we'll deviate a little bit and we'll just we'll do our favorite whatever of the whole decade, you know. But we'll definitely have you back on to uh, well, thank you. I participate. Well, I look forward to that. Thank you. You are welcome, and we thank you guys for listening. You can find the Rediscover the 80s podcast on pretty much every podcast app out there and also on the Throwback Network feed, which is uh, lots of great uh, retro shows. So go out and uh, download the show, post your list to the show notes so we can interact with you. And uh, thanks for tuning in. <laughs>